Welcome to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast. Well, thanks for joining us today at the Journal of Biophilic Design.com. Um, we're really thrilled to be joined by Hobie Hare, uh, who's founder of Your Life Nature. Um, we were connected by Maureen Kalamia, who's um, is just another podcast on the Journal of Biophilic Design. So I suggest that people who are listening and watching that they um, they, they look up that. Um, anyway, I think what you've written there, Hobie, is really lovely. If you desire more nature in your life, welcome home. I think um, it's really beautiful. And Hobie, thanks so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great. Um, you've, uh, you've done so many things. You've guided tours of national parks um, and other protected places. Um, you're a nature connection speaker, presenter, and, and obviously a retreat facilitation um, services that you do. Um, can you, rather than me waffle on about you, <laughs> um, would you maybe you could tell us about yourself, um, you know, what your journey's been and, and how you come to do what you do? Yes, so um, my, I'd say the steady constant thread in my life has been connecting with nature and just discovering the joy and the passion, the excitement that being in a place uh, provides all of us. And it started with, from running around the woods and the creeks of Richmond, Virginia, that area where I grew up, to uh, grad school in Vermont where it's a lot snowier and more colder and kind of scares everybody in Virginia because it's so wintry compared to where I grew up. Uh, but in between, I lived um, in uh, Thailand, Japan, Australia, uh, traveled all around Southeast Asia and went into Tibet at one point too. And what I was just really fascinated by as I traveled was that, you know, no matter where we are, we've got this wonderful earth underneath our feet, um, different plants, of course, different uh, flowers, different things growing according to the different seasons. And I was just really astonished by how little of the world I really knew just living in Virginia, number one. But the more I started traveling and living and working in other places, just how important it was to find ways to connect with other people. And sometimes if language was a barrier, it was through nature. And then as I lived in places like Japan or Thailand uh, or Australia, and then later Costa Rica, the same thing. Uh, nature brings people together. Uh, the seasons, the changes, the foods, the, the celebrations, the cultures that come from that. And uh, I was an international educator, uh, later left that for a while, um, became a park ranger in Yellowstone, where I could go full on helping people connecting with nature, especially kids programs, and then working with adults and multi-generational groups. And I just realized that nature is sort of like this common thread that connects all of us. And how can I kind of better understand for myself how it fuels and feeds and enriches my life. And then at the same time, how can I kind of transport that back out and help other people do the same thing and hopefully help them shorten that process. So my very long answer is that um, it's basically been a lifelong passion and that has just really thrilled and excited me how I can bring nature to more people. And during this time of the pandemic, it's even more challenging of course, but it's still very doable. But my company is Your Life Nature and I'm just thrilled to be on this journey with other people. That's really lovely. I mean, what, what is it about nature that, that's so special to you personally? It's, um, I don't know, I mean, it, it can be on some levels a metaphor for life where there's storms, there's unforeseen, quote, disasters and things that come your way that you could have been planning for or not. And um, other days there's just, there's very peaceful things. It's like bluebirds and sunshine and rainbows and a nice ocean breeze and all these wonderful things that bring us joy and peace. But to me, it's just this bigger uh, reminder that we can impose all we want, the human world on top of the natural world, but 
Um, I remember an environmental person saying a number of years ago, Mother Nature bats last. And I don't mean to be apocalyptic about that, but my feeling is it's a lot easier, I think, to kind of go with nature's flow and learn um, how to kind of be in sync with the natural world rather than to push against it, force against it, and try to think that our agenda has to be the thing that works today and that dominates today. And I just feel like I've learned to surrender and I've learned to kind of just watch nature's rhythms and flows. And that has helped me um, guide my life in a more purposeful way. And um, it can be very um, challenging at times, of course, but at the end of the day, it teaches me to be present and humble and to know that I don't have to do this journey alone. And nature has so many um, gifts and benefits for us that can help us have a more purposeful life instead of just running 24 seven, multitasking, trying to get everything done and getting to the end of the day and feeling like you haven't gotten anything done important. And maybe the important thing that you didn't get done was you didn't give yourself any time to be outside and just breathe the air, um, smell the lilacs, um, you know, eat cherries from the tree, whatever it might be. Um, share, you know, something with a neighbor, a smile, some time together. And um, I believe that we're at a time where people are, are beginning to incorporate that more and more into their lives. The importance of slowing down and connecting with nature and um, making it a crucial ingredient in their lives rather than something they do once a year on holiday. Uh, absolutely. I think that's a lovely way of putting it, that uh, nature is life. The way you phrased that was just lovely. And also about spending time and just making time. I, I, for me, you know, I'm an advocating this, but last week was so mental for me where I was working long hours, sitting in front of the computer, and I hardly broke you know hardly broke any time up to go and when I did sit outside and when I have gone outside it's just like I mean it's, I know it's a phrase like a breath of fresh air but it's it's like yes. the, it's the injection of energy and just just space and just like you said you said um like time stops it's like a sort of yes. it's a moment um which um we've all experienced we've all experienced and we should do it we should you know we should do make sure we make time for that more. Um, I mean, maybe we could sort of talk a little bit about what you you do, Hobie, and how you how you work with people. Um, and then maybe you could also tell us how you've seen people's lives changing after they've sort of engaged in nature. Certainly. Um, well, working with people, it depends a little bit where they are. But what we initially do is we have like a get to know um, session or meeting usually it's by zoom that's what i prefer it could be by phone if that works better and i just really learn where people are and what are their struggles what are their challenges uh where do they feel stuck uh what kind of changes do they want to make in their life and i encourage them to give me one or two small changes and then one or two big changes and what we'll decide is whether you're going to work for three or six or 12 months and i feel like the most progress you'll see is in six to 12 but if someone is pretty clear about what they need and what they want, it might just be a shorter program. But what it involves is a series of Zoom calls or phone calls, and there's a lot of support in between, and I give people homework, but it's fun stuff to get you outside and connecting with nature. And um, we really focus on doable, easy, inexpensive things that you can do. And I think the best advice I can give to anyone listening in is just start small, start where you are. Uh, progress is more important than perfection. And um, the whole idea is like building baby steps that can become regular habits that you look forward to rather than drudgery or, oh my gosh, Hobie told me I had to go do something in nature. I feel like, wait a minute, maybe that's not a good match. I'm exaggerating a little bit there, but it's just being a gentle coach and um, 
an encouraging person to support them because maybe they go out and do something that um, is a little bit challenging or intimidating and they come back and go, oh my God, I don't feel like I really did anything. And um, I might help them get back out there and do it again, this time with a friend. Um, but the big thing is just helping people open their senses, making things a habit, exploring and enjoying something that they're interested in, preferably with others. And that's where the magic all comes together. Um, as far as working with um, clients um, and life-changing um, things that have happened, I work with someone who um, lives outside of Montana and this person had um, the loss of their spouse um, about two years ago. And um, this person really wanted to kind of get back out there and um, become more fit and active and do some of the things that he enjoyed with his spouse before and uh, kind of to honor her memory. And it was um, challenging at first uh, for him especially, but we just kind of broke it down. And as I got to know him better, got to learn more about what was so important about nature for him and his spouse and just kind of ways to bring that love and that affection and care and memory into the things that he wanted to do. And so now he's been embarking on everything from walks around parks where they would spend time together, um, remembering her birthday and their wedding anniversary in different ways, um, going on walks to the beach, uh, doing um, some trips that they had always wanted to do uh, together that, you know, because her life was cut short, they weren't able to, but he's, um, he's just a different person. And I know he's still dealing with grief as we all are when we lose someone that we love or we're close to, but um, I was like one more person on his team to help him address a really important part of his grief that helped him kind of refine direction and purpose in his life. And then my other example would be a personal one. Um, uh, I'm gay, I've been out for about 15 years now, but I left the career I love because I didn't think I could be out in myself um, doing the things that I love, but also just be an out gay man. And so I left the Yellowstone area. I returned to a small town in Montana called Bozeman. Um, you know, it's coming out very slowly. And then I moved to Missoula. And um, the big thing is that I was really struggling. Like, how can I bring this piece of me that I've been kind of hiding or I felt like I couldn't belong in the work that I did because I'm gay. And over about eight months of a lot of inner work and work with other people, I kind of woke up one morning thinking, you know, this is stupid, number one. Um, if I can't be all of myself wherever I am, I'm kind of holding back my gifts. But the biggest thing that's happened is that I um, had a, a dream about grizzly bears and working in Yellowstone Park, I'd seen lots of them, but I dreamt one night after you know many tears and just struggling and trying to figure out how to do this, that there's a big snowstorm next to the house and that a grizzly bear crawled into this den uh, next to the house. And the next morning in the dream, all the snow was melting. The bear came out. He was kind of yawning and stretching and doing what bears do when they come out of hibernation. And to me, the, the dream meant that, you know, I can come out of where I've been sheltering and perhaps hiding or just not feeling like I'm ready. And I can bring all my gifts to the world. And it was powerful. And that was for the first time in like eight months, I had the biggest smile on my face. I probably rode a bicycle for about 20 miles and I didn't do any work. It was awesome. And I just feel like my, my life has begun again. And so I just feel like pay attention to nature because nature is going to tell you and show you all the time 
perhaps um, where you might be stuck, what your obstacles are, but more importantly, what your opportunities are. It's almost you need sometimes you need a revelation in some way to, um, which obviously has come from your experience, I suppose, from being in Yellowstone and, and um, seeing the bears and all this kind of stuff. It sort of all feels, fit, fits into your mindset, which then kind of fed into that dream, which then sort of, you know, gave you the, um, the freedom to then go, oh, hang on a minute. That could be that's me i feel i can actually start again i'm i am i have been in hibernation i have been waiting i've been waiting and actually now i can shake off the, the winter i can shake off the cave and i can be i can be it's springtime now it's sort of i can grow and i can blossom and what a lovely thing i actually i love that and i love that it's really really wonderful so you have a really have a, a, a fantastic way of connecting nature to people and um you have the thing of, of wherever wherever your feet are uh, which i absolutely yes. i love that i love that um i mean can you, you explain what that means and 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 sort of how it works and and how people um, you know, can get involved in, in nature regularly. I know you've got a, a nature a nature app. Can you tell us about that as well, please? Yeah, so I'll start with the app. Um, it's um, something you can get on Google Play or uh, the iTunes store. And um, what it's, it's called Nature Boy. And it's for everyone. And it accompanies some of my photographs and what they are, short visualizations and meditations that you can kind of take on the go. So if you just have five or six minutes, you can connect with nature, take a nature break. Uh, the whole idea is just to focus on the photograph and then some there are montages which kind of cycle through. But um, the idea is that you can just enjoy those at your leisure and uh, make them work on the go. Uh, there's a free version on one of the stores and then there's a paid version on both. So I help people connect with nature no matter where their feet are. And what I mean by that is that it's, um, of hard i think for a lot of people uh, today to not multitask um to be as present as they can and so part of that is just being grounded and centered and calm and focused and to me that involves taking what i call a nature break and growing up in virginia that could mean going to the woods if you're camping um and doing a nature break that's not what i mean here what i mean is that you're giving yourself some dedicated time and um some examples could be um you use the Nature Boy app, for example. But more importantly, it's just surrounding yourself with things that you love, things that inspire you, whether it's a plant, uh, a photograph of nature. Um, I've got something on my desk here. It's um, like a, a Zuni bear, grizzly bear from the Southwest, uh, seashells from North Carolina, uh, other things from around the world. And part of it is just surrounding yourself with things that you love, with things from nature that remind you of a certain emotion or a certain feeling or a certain desire. So you're just kind of surrounded by that energy and the visual reminder of it all. Um, other things that people can do to connect with nature would be, let's say you're working in a cubicle and I've worked in cubicles a couple of times in my life uh, and you don't have any views of any windows. Uh, you could just give yourself a 10 minute break every hour and a half, whatever it might be, and just get outside and walk around. Uh, notice the sunshine, um, the angle of the sun at that time of year, uh, the intensity of the sun, um, how dark and gloomy it might be, uh, what the wind's doing. Can you smell anything on the wind? Um, do you notice any birds? And even if all you've got are pigeons and crows and sparrows, still you could watch and enjoy their behavior because Right now, of course, it's more mating season and it's nesting season. And some of them are fighting for territories and mates. And then 
come fall, of course, they're going to be flocking together. So even if you feel like you don't have a lot of biodiversity, there's still a lot of diversity within what you experience. So I'd say just get outside and notice with your senses what you're seeing. Um, I encourage people when they take a nature break or whatever you want to call it to leave your smartphone in the office. Um, bring a friend, that's okay. Um, practice doing things with the friend and not speaking for five or 10 minutes and just enjoying things. Uh, have a small photograph of nature or a piece of art um, in your workspace. Um, have a picture that you can put in your um, pocket or in your, um, in your luggage or whatever you're carrying to work and home that you can look at when you're on the train or when you're stuck in traffic. It's just all these little things that we can do. And to me, I think that's where the magic really is because if we can just train ourselves to take a break instead of getting one more thing done, uh, I think it really helps us kind of lower blood pressure, um, stay calmer, more focused, relaxed. And then it's not like you got to the end of your day and you go, oh my gosh, yet again, I never made time for myself or for nature or for anything. I just slogged through the day and I'm spent and now it's dark. Um, but even if you had a day like that, I would argue that you could still get outside and um, maybe just take five, 10 minutes, look outside, see if the stars are coming out, see what phase the moon is in. There's so many things we can do um, to connect with nature and it doesn't have to be grandiose, it doesn't have to be expensive. It just needs to be doable and easy. That's really lovely. Yeah, it's really true. Um, I think it's those lovely tips, as you say. I mean, I've, I've got rocks. I don't know if people can see that in the thing. I've got rocks from the beach. I've got conkers and all sorts of things. And I've got an old beach tree thing that fell off, you know, when I was on one of my walks. It was around on the floor and I've carried it. I've got another one over there. <laughs> sort of just little bits. And, and they just, it's just lovely. And obviously this is the Journal of Biophilic Design and everything is about using biophilia, using elements of nature in design in your home space or in, in an urban space or in just where you are. So how you can benefit on, of using. And so, um, I mean, maybe we could sort of go on to the photography side of things. Sure. And obviously people who, are, um, who have been on the journalbiophiliedesign.com website, they'll see that um, obviously that I've got photographs that I take on their sort of landscape images and, and the same thing with the whole views, um, you know, is, is really good for our mindset. Because if we're stuck in a little tiny cubicle or in a, in a, in a normal room, <laughs> a normal office yeah. of you, um, I advocate putting them on, fridge, on the fridge because that's quite nice. We always go to the fridge. So we kind of, at least we've got a portal to nature, you know, every, every, every time we go for the milk or whatever it is. Um, but your, 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 your photography is lovely. And, and again, for listeners, um, I'm going to post some of your images on on um, alongside this podcast. So if people want Thank to you. go to the um, journal of biophilicdesign.com and search for the podcast with Hobie Hare, you'll you'll be able to see uh, Hobie's lovely photography. Um, I mean, maybe we could talk a bit about that. Um, obviously, you're a photographer like me. I mean, how can you explain sort of how imagery of nature, um, you know, can have an impact on people's homes and, and work environments and and mindsets? Certainly. Um, I think for a lot of people, if you look around at your home and your rooms and your workspaces, uh, maybe a big indicator of needing more nature in your space is uh, if you look at a photograph and it's not inspiring or it just feels like it's drudgery or it's a hand-me-down or it's something you inherited and it just doesn't give you life that it might have meant something of great importance to someone else. And, you know, maybe you're holding onto it out of obligation or you feel bad about getting rid of it or finding a new home for it. But um, maybe that's the kind of place or space that would really benefit by having something that's more uh, attractive, whether it's just a watercolor painting 
uh, reproduction of flowers by Gauguin or by you know um, someone else. It, or it could be Ansel Adams' beautiful photography, you know, something that speaks to you, maybe to your bioregion. Um, and I would just play around with that, first of all, and just think about, as you're looking at different websites or different people's photographs, imagine what would that bring to your office? What would that bring to your life, to your space? Would it bring contemplation? Would it bring peace or serenity? Would it bring uh, excitement or adventure or courage, whatever it might be? And I think we're all drawn to those scenes in nature that uh, remind us of different things. Uh, there's one picture I believe you're going to show called uh, Old and New Growth. And it's uh, a western red cedar tree, very tall and mature and probably not much longer on this planet. And then next to it is sort of like a baby um, cedar tree growing up right next to it. And so to me, when I see that photograph, and we've got one on our wall, it shows like this intergenerational connectivity of uh, life and at some point you know we're the teacher sometimes we're the students sometimes the role switch and then um, sometimes we're feeding and supporting and nurturing others so they've got their best shot in life and I just feel like I see so much in that photograph as an example and there's other ones too um, of course um, I've always been a big fan of Ansel Adams and, and other people and I just I could spend hours in a in a you know nature museum or any place where they've got prints and photographs like that. But I'd just say experiment with where you are and kind of decide, you know, what do you need? What do you want in your workspace? Do you need courage? Do you need calm? Do you need more focus? And then see what you can identify as a photograph that can help you embody that and remind you of that. And I just love photography. I mainly shoot uh, without any artificial light and without a tripod. And I actually use old style film for the most part. And I'm just thankful that there's someone in Montana who can still develop the film. And then I, I put everything onto like a CD and then I can process it from there. But to me, it's like the discovery of what's on the roll when it comes back from the developer. You know, it's almost like Christmas day, like, wow, this is cool. This is a surprise or, oh my gosh. Um, but it's just so much fun to just get out there and to notice the light. And that's what I encourage people to do too. Um, Photography, one time I heard someone say, is this really about being a, a vessel through which the light is expressed? And I love that. And my feeling is just that go outside and take some time, even if you're not a great photographer. I just kind of notice the light different times of years, how it might illuminate a tree in your yard or your neighborhood or um, houses or the horizon. Um, I think. Photography in many, many ways is a gateway to help people connect with nature and it's just a wonderful gift. Yeah, I think, and you, you definitely, you have a lovely gift, uh, Hobie. I think um, you, you really have an eye for, for capturing moments. Um, I think you're right. I think for, for me, you know, photography is all about the light. It's all about, um, it's all, yeah, it's all about the light. It's almost like sort of sculpting with light. And I think um, when people, I think, you know, obviously wireframe design, we're always talking about natural light, you know, as much as we can, you know, if you can sort of work in, in as much natural light as you can or let, you know, open the drapes and, and let as much natural light in, it's like, it's really, really good for us. So actually just sort of taking that one step further and, and doing the same thing when you're outside. And obviously photography, photos, being Greek for light. It's obviously a thing, you're painting with light, you're graphos, you're writing with light, photography, which is what it is. Um, so <laughs> preaching to the converted here, but now. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I think it's a really great idea for people to go out and capture, you know, elements on their walk as well if they want to, you know. But 
like you say, if you can take a camera with you as opposed to your telephone, um, you know, just so you can give yourself a break is a, is a really, really, really good thing. Um, I mean, I've, I've got an image you're saying about having images around you that, that mean something to you. So right in front of my eye line, just above my computer, I have an image of, um, I, I was in Kenya, um, not Kenya, sorry, I've been in Kenya, I've worked in Kenya, but I was in Uganda and I was traveling on the west side of Uganda to visit the, no, the, the nomadic tribes um, for a project, a filming project. And I've got this, this, and I was talking to somebody and I just, and I've got this, it's a beautiful, um, there's, there's tarmac and then the tarmac stops and then this, the red earth goes off and there's lush greenery on either side. And then the mount, you know, there's sort of they, these green hills are kind of going off in this sort of blue green horizon. So you've got this sort of yellow green and, and rich green at the front. And then you go through, so your eyes drawn through. But for me, it's nature, it's a view. So I'm not, because I haven't got a window this way. Um, but like you say, something that means something to you that really, you know, that, um, um, is there is there another image that you've got that you would like you know you would like to talk about that and you said about the the um, the two trees is there an image that you've taken I mean you know just you know sort of in 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 nature that's really meant something to you Yes, I'll I'll talk about one that uh, you'll be sharing. It's called Resilience, and it's of a tree that's kind of bent in the snow. Yes, yes. And I took that last December. I was uh, taking a private group uh, to Yellowstone. Over the holidays, and um, I've seen that tree before in the winter, but it was just really special this past year because I kept thinking about the pandemic and how this tree is kind of bent over and it's kind of probably been beaten up a little bit by bison and other animals, and it's up out of the drifts. And then the sun was just shining on it perfectly, so you could see the shadow, and uh, there was deep snow all around it. But to me, it's like this this tree still had this incredible power to live and to find a way to keep going and to keep growing. And to me, that's been sort of like a reminder through this pandemic that, yeah, we, we, we might've thought we we're gonna go this way <laughs> over the past year, but maybe we grew more here or here in our hearts and in our souls and our spirits and um, kind of going back to the whole hibernation idea. But the idea is that nature finds a way. And I believe that we always find a way too. So to me, that's just a good reminder that, yeah, it could be, brutal winter and it things look stark and dark but there's this tree that has enough roots and has enough things happening underneath the ground and it's still getting everything it needs and it's just growing a slightly different way to I guess make a living and um, I just love that image too and then the wolf tracks photograph is great because um, that was one of the first photographs I took that got this universal response people going oh my god that's such a beautiful photograph that that inspired me to take a second look at what I was doing and thinking that you know, I could start putting my work out there and help more people connect with nature because I'm getting this great response. Yeah, yeah. As, as, as you say, you know, the, the, the tree bending under under the weight of, of winter and, and stuff, but, we, but it finds a way, like you say, we're all, we're all part of nature and we're all, and just like us, we, we do find a way, we do. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the, the last question I ask everybody to, for, for a moment, but is there anything else you would like to share with us today, Hobie? Yeah, um, first of all, thank you. It's really great to be here with you, with everyone in your community. Um, we're all doing important work, so just keep on doing it because it's um, really crucial that we all work together to help more people have access to nature and the things that give us our uh, nourishment in life. And um, I encourage people too to go to my website if they'd like to and download and listen to a 30 minute recording. It's called Don't Just Do Something, 
sit there. And it's what we call a sit spot meditation, but I encourage you to go to my website and to download or listen to that. And it's a 30 minute journey that helps you connect with the transformative and healing properties of water. And um, it's just a wonderful way to just kind of get a sense about what I do and how I help people. And you're welcome to share that link with anybody you like. It's yourlifenature.com. Okay. And uh, from, from there, you can click on the, um, the media button. There's also some other free media goodies there too. That's lovely. And I, I will share the link on, on our website as well, the journal by So if you didn't pick it up just now, just, just click the link in the, in the podcast title and um, there'll be uh, a link to Hobie's website. Um, and, and he says all the goodies that are on there that you can download for free. Um, and they're beautiful gifts, Hobie, to people. So um, thank you thank for you. sharing those with us. Um, so yeah, I suppose I don't, want, I don't want to say goodbye, but uh, the um, I'll get you back. I'll get you back. <laughs> um, but um, uh, yeah, just a final question, really, and it's the sort of the the sort of mad, fun, beautiful question, really, that I ask people: if you can brush the world with this sort of magic brush of biophilia, what would it look like? What would people's lives look like? Yeah, well, I feel like. People miss out and they suffer to some degree when they don't have access to clean water, clean air, a healthy soil, a clean environment, a safe environment. And so what I would wish for everyone would be that there's less separation between inside and outside, indoors and outdoors, where you can uh, really invigorate your senses and you can smell the changes of the seasons. You can perhaps, you know, put your feet in the sand or in the dirt and it's safe or uh, go to the local market and eat something that's local and fresh and seasonal. Um, and to me, it's a place where you do have this, this wonderful lighting. You do have this wonderful circulation of fresh air, clean water, ideas, community, and this intergenerational aspect, which I think can sometimes be missing in our busy societies. And I would love to see um, just more people have access to the things that feed their souls and nourish them and um, make that a priority. And I know that's going to look differently in different parts of the world. Uh, but to me, like a big part of being in Montana coming into the summer is that we have cherry trees that are blooming and um, producing cherries. And then the apricot tree is the same thing. And so for me, one of the big things is making pies and giving them to all of our friends and neighbors. And uh, it's kind of madcap, but it's just part of building community and also um, just enjoying the bounty that we have. And I think we live in a bountiful world and we have plenty to share. So let's just do more of that. Thank you for listening to the Journal of Biophilic Design podcast.